0: welcome to ku podcast we thank you for tuning in if this is your first time listening in with us we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family wherever you're joining us from we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life now stay tuned for today's message gotta praise one more time uh, as I was as I was uh, preparing for today's message, uh, I, I needed to know the lyrics to this song. We're, we're in the series playlist and this is the second week and I needed to do, uh, know the lyrics to the song and and I realized that at my age, at 30-ish uh, years old, mind your business, um, at 30-something-ish years old, I, I, I was able to do something to find the lyrics to the song and it's called, I Googled it. And you know what I realized when I put the lyrics to So Will I, you know what came up? The lyrics to So Will I. Now this bothered me because when I was a child, when I needed to know the lyrics to a song, I needed to take the cassette player. If if you don't know what a cassette is, just ask your parents. And I had to take a cassette, I had to put it in the cassette player. I had to play it and I had to rewind it, <laughs> and rewind it, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, you you just, like, I Googled it yesterday, and I found it, boom, so will I. that was, yo, let me tell you, back in the day, you had to play it, and it took at least an hour to get the lyrics to a three-minute song, anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and, and the thing about it is, is, that even though you you thought you had the lyrics, you may have not had the lyrics. Because everybody had different lyrics when they heard it a different way. Anybody ever had that friend that always got the lyrics wrong of a song? You know what I'm talking about? I was that friend. Like, I remember, I remember one of my favorite songs. I literally remember this moment where I sat down and I put the cassette. And back in the day, you had to, you know, like, we weren't allowed. Me, you know, my family wasn't allowed to have music that wasn't from church. So, you know what I, you know what I had to do, right? I had to record it from the radio on the sneak tip. You know what I'm saying? I had to play, record. And I remember, I remember I played, I played my song and it was... Dun, 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 dun. You guys need to repent. Something's wrong right now. Dun, 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 dun. Can't touch us. Music hit me so hard. Make me say. <laughs> we, you were listening to Nirvana, yo, and Creed. And I remember writing down the lyrics to this song. Music hit me so hard. Make me say, Oh my Lord, thank you for blessing me. And I remember I wrote this. I wrote this. I wrote. I wrote this. I don't know why I wrote this, but this is what I wrote. And I don't, it don't even make sense, but it made sense to me at that time because that's what I heard. With a my to my and a feet to feet. Because you need a my to my and you need feet to feet. So I wrote. And, and, and for the last 20 years, I've been singing. Music hit me so hard. Make me say, oh, my Lord, thank you for blessing me. With a my to my and a feet to feet. So co- good. <laughs> but the lyrics were. there. you. there. Hey, all right. This is actually what it says. With a mind... I just found this out the other day, by the way. With a mind to rhyme and two high feet. How, how about this one? I, 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 I was writing... Now, I wrote this for a friend because I wasn't listening to this music. But, um... Unbreak My Heart. Unbreak my heart. I wasn't writing it for me. I was writing it for a friend. Tell, I, I didn't own the Tony Braxton song. Tell me you love me again. Undo this hurt that you caused when you walked out the door and walked out of my life. Uncry these tears. I cry so many now. Unbreak my heart. And, and here's the part that I wrote. I, I, I literally wrote this. Ay ay, ay, ay ay. Cause I thought she was like singing out her pain, like her cry. Ay, 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 ay. I promise you the lyric said, I looked at it, it was like the lyric was like my ay, heart. The problem is is that this translates into worship and, and now I'm 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 I you know, I'm one of those guys, I just sing what I hear, and I, and, I and, and there's this song, like, I literally asked my wife, I was like, baby, I need this illustration where I get the lyrics wrong on a song, and, because you're always complaining that I know the lyrics of the song, and I'm like, no, that's what, that's what the lyric says, or what, that's that's what the song says, and so I text her earlier this week, and this is literally our conversation, look at this, we we're talking about this message, so will I, and it's, we were talking about Billy I was crying. This was crazy what was happening. And then I said, baby, what are some of the worship songs I get? And I don't even know what I wrote here are wrong. And she wrote, LOL, all of them. <laughs> I said, I, I said, I, I and so, uh, you know the new song by Elevation, Here Again? I promised you for like the first hundred times that I sang this song, I sang it like this. I go, not for a minute. Words are forsaken because because I thought that that words are you know like not for a minute in His presence words are forsaken meaning that you can't worship you can't stop worshiping Him in His presence so words are not forsaken like not for and the thing is I've cried in this moment not for a minute words are forsaken. I would cry the wrong lyrics, but it's actually not for a minute. Well, you guys know it already. Was I forsaken? And here's what I thought, because so many times we get the lyrics to the song wrong, and I thought this, that when you get the lyrics to a song wrong, you will sing them wrong. And I just drew this parallel with life because I think that sometimes life is like a song and if you get the lyrics of life song wrong, you will live it wrong. And I think so many times we can sing a song and get the lyrics wrong and just be so... I was confident in the way I was singing my wrong lyrics. You know what I'm saying? I was in But it's life like that, we live life with confidence and it could be that many times we have gotten the lyrics of life wrong and now we're just living life the wrong way with confidence. (laughs) And I think that when it comes to worship, there's so many misunderstandings, fundamental misunderstandings when it comes to worship. I think many times we look at worship as something that we do to provoke God to do something that we sing songs and we worship Him so that we can provoke God to do something in our life. But what if I told you today that worship is not us provoking God to do anything. In fact, worship is us simply responding to what God has already done. Worship is just us responding to what God has already done. And I think that many times, even though we get the lyrics wrong there's a composer and there's a writer to the song of our life and as we live this life there is a writer that is letting us know no those are not the lyrics to this song let me let you know what the lyrics to this song are and when you know the lyrics to the to the life that you ought to live man you would make some harmony in your life if 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 we're not careful we think that We think that we can provoke God to do something on our behalf. In fact, our entire existence is simply this. We are responding to God's goodness. We're not looking for God to to do and move in our life. If we're living with this fundamental misunderstanding, we will lead to live our lives in a performance that requires God to respond. God's responding to my worship. God's responding to my praise. God's responding to my good works. God's, now listen, God is the initiator initiated creation, God initiated our life. We are simply responding to what God has done. The stars are shining bright as a response to God. The mountains are standing tall as a response to God, The oceans are roaring loud as a response to God. The winds are blowing as a response to God. The rocks are crying in silence as a response to God. When you see the birds flying, they're just responding to God's goodness. All of existence is responding to God in worship. And if all of existence will do it, so will I. Joe Houston says, the entire story of why we're here, our purpose, what we need to do, how to navigate all the craziness and what it means to just follow Jesus and to live for God. For all we don't know and for all we do and for all we think we got figured out and for all the questions we still have, ultimately what we need to do is to live in response. Not to what we think God wants or what we think God wants here, but in response to what God has done and what he said he was going to do. The first point to today's message, write this down. If you're taking notes, worship is responding to God's goodness. Worship is responding to God's goodness. Look at Romans. Look at the way Romans says it. Romans chapter 12, it says, So I beg you, brothers and sisters, because of the great mercy, because of what? because of the great mercy God has shown us. Offer your lives as a living sacrifice to him. An offering that is only for God and pleasing to him. Considering what he has done is only right that we should worship him that same way at its very core our expression of worship it's saying it's saying God I'm offering myself to you as a response see many times we're like hey you got to live a life of sacrifice but what Paul is saying no that your life of sacrifice is simply a response to God's goodness see I'm I, I'm not I'm not responding to my circumstance I'm responding to God's goodness but pastor I thought praise has power I agree with you When you worship God, mountains will move. When you worship God, chains will break. When you worship God, oppression will be removed. But it's not an outcome of our worship provoking God to move, but rather it's what happens when we reciprocate God's goodness. See, I'm not provoking God to move. I'm solely responding and reciprocating to what he's doing you understand the difference? Pastor Rowe, the praise has power. And, and Pastor O, you got to understand the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. I agree with you, but I don't praise him to provoke him to do something on my behalf. But the fact is this, that when I respond to God's goodness, he is moved that's what worship is it's not me trying to manipulate God to do something and God I know if I worship you I know that you'll come through for me no I know that when you respond to God's goodness you will see breakthrough as evidence in your life see I'm not responding to temporary conditions I'm responding to God's eternal position I'm not responding to life circumstances. I'm responding to his life crucified. I'm not responding to the facts that I see on a regular basis. I'm responding in faith to what he has said from the very beginning. See, I'm not responding to my problems, but I'm responding to God's promise. Is anybody in this place that's willing to say, when I worship, I'm not worshiping as a response to my problems. I'm worshiping because of his promise over my life feel to your worship is a response to who he is. And I love this lyric that it says, it says as you speak whew, as you speak a hundred billion failures disappear. Listen, I don't care how many failures you walk through in this room with, I don't care how high your failures stack up this morning, I want to let you know that your worship is not even a response to your failures, because in the same way that your good performance does not impress God or move God, it's in the same manner that your failures stacked die to kazoo won't do anything to disqualify you from worshiping God. Is there anybody here that was willing to say, a hundred billion failures, this when I'm before his presence when I'm worshiping I'm simply responding to God's goodness I'm simply elevating my worship because he's been so good, because he's been so amazing. How have we somehow, in some way, have have reduced worship to be something that is attached to our circumstances, something that is attached to our current condition? No, my worship is simply responding. And even when my situation's not good, God is still good. That even when my troubles come, God is still on the throne. Come on, is there anybody in this place? to the goodness of God. Number two, here here it goes. Number two, worship is resting in God's word. Worship is resting in God's word. I'm settling in my heart that God's word is true. There's a line in the psalm that it says, God of your promise, listen to this. You don't speak in vain. No syllable empty or void. But once you have spoken all nature and science follow the sound of your voice it follows the sound of rhythm of God's voice. See I live my life resting in God's word not resisting God's word. I want when I worship I'm simply saying God I'm, I'm resting in your your word and, and if I look at my situation and then I look at my circumstances and, and if I look, I look at those things, God, I, I realize that when I'm when I'm worshiping, I'm, I'm just worshiping. I'm worshiping because I know life is tough. A couple of people here came up to me today and they were like, Pastor, this week was rough. About five people came and told me that today. This, this is just a rough week. Can I tell you, we all go through those weeks, don't we? We go through those weeks that we can't just wait for it to be over and we go through these situations in our life and, and we we see how our life sometimes takes a left turn and it wasn't even our doing. It was someone else that made a decision that has an effect on us and now I got to deal with the res- this resentment. Now I got to deal with this unforgiveness. Now I'm in this situation because someone decided to to, to to scam or do something and now you're in a in a bind and, and, and you're walking into this place and you're saying, man, this, this is just... This is just overwhelming sometimes. and But I thank God that, that we're here on a Sunday morning and we can say, you know what, I'm resting in God's word. And what does resting in God's word means? It means that even when my situation doesn't look like what God's word declared over my life, it only means this, that my situation is catching up to the word of God. And so maybe, maybe your family doesn't look like what god said but i want to let you know your family situation is catching up to the voice of god maybe your finances are not where god said they would be but i want to let you know that your finances are catching up to the word of god and he says i'm the head and he says i'm not the tail he says that he's given me the power to get wealth Romans chapter 8 says, and we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into His plans. God is working it out. And so when I worship, I'm saying, God, I'm responding to your goodness, but I'm also resting in your word. I'm resting in your word, God. God, I, this is, and sometimes God will put us in a situation that is beyond our control simply so that we will have no other choice. But to rest in His word, can't manipulate anymore. You can't control this anymore. You can't do this anymore. It's beyond your control, and all you have to do is God rest. In your mind. Because what's happening to me is not happening to me. I gotta trust that it's happening for me. It's happening. Last point, and and, and this is where we're done here. Worship. This might be the most difficult. Worship is relinquishing my will for God's will. It is only right that you should worship him in this way. Don't change yourselves to be like the people of this world. And again, when it says the people of this world, it's not talking about physical people. It's talking about a mindset that people have. Don't be don't change yourselves to the mindset of the people that don't know God. But let God change you from the inside out into a new way of thinking. Then you'll be able to understand and accept what God wants for you. You'll be able to know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. You'll be able to know what God's purpose and will is for your life and There's a lyric in the song, and it says, If he gladly chose surrender, so will I. And when I relinquish my will for God's will, I'm I'm simply saying this. I'm saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. Like, I can't tell you how much time I've wasted arguing with God to convince him that he can have my will and his put together. I can't tell you how many times I was like Abraham presenting an Ishmael before him and saying, no, let this be your will, God. I can't tell you how many times I, I was like, God, your will be done. And I'm ready to agree with God. But it's so easy to agree with God until the enemy shows up. It's so easy to agree with God until temptation shows up. It's so easy to agree with God until his word says to be generous. And he's calling you to finance his kingdom. It's so easy to, to agree with God until, until uh, you're in a situation where you're fighting with your wife and, and you, you say something and you, sh- you shouldn't say and you should repent before him or her and, and you choose to remain. Pr- it's so easy to, 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 uh, uh, to agree with God until the temptation to not fulfill your purpose shows up it's so easy to agree with god until he says hey maybe you shouldn't have sex before marriage because it's only setting you up for failure it's so easy to agree with god until someone slides in your dms and they're like hey do you give bible studies right isn't it insane sometimes when we make our greatest commitment to god our greatest temptation is walking in and sliding in through our doors. It's so easy. It's so easy until, until you're like David and you get caught in a moment of vulnerability and you're you're looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at. It's so, like I. think that when we are charged up in a setting like this, we're ready to commit to God in every aspect of our lives, and then we walk out many times, and we're like, we're hit with the most greatest temptation, but can I tell you something, the reason I mention those things is because that won't be your greatest temptation, your greatest temptation is not invitations to acts, isolated acts of sin. The greatest temptation you'll ever face is the greatest temptation that Jesus ever faced. When he was in Gethsemane and right at that moment he says, "Father, pass this cup if you will." He says, "God, I, God, I know I Father, I know I, I have to die. I know that that's my Purpose, I know that that's what you called me to do, God. I know that that's why I put on human flesh, I know that that's why I carried this cross. God, God, I'm about to carry this cross. I know that this is why I was healing the sick. But if I do all those things and do not make it to the cross, I'll be okay with that. But then He says, This, but not my will, your will. What Jesus was asking for was not a bad thing. But it wasn't his purpose. And many times in life, you would trade a good thing in life for a God thing for your life. I can't tell you how many times your pastor here has chosen to, to, to give up a God thing simply because I wanted a good thing at the very moment. But if he gladly chose surrender, so will I. And I have to understand, I have to understand that my greatest temptation is not committing these acts of sin, but my greatest temptation is picking up my own will when I should be picking up his. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're like, oh, of course I want the will of God, but I want mine too, Pastor. O. I mean, I want what God wants for me as long as it agrees with my plan and my agenda and my desires. But what if your desires are not lining up with God? Are we, su- are we supposed to subject God's will to ours, or are we supposed to lay our will and pick up his? I want to tell you the dream that you have for your own life is not big enough if you're doing it without faith. See, if you're trying to live a life without faith, you're you're simply not living a big enough life. But God says, would you carry out when you pick up my will? (laughs) When you pick up what I want for your life, I'll tell you, man, there's no more, there's no greater feeling, there's no exhilarating feeling like that. There's no There's no passion for purpose when you, when you are fulfilling the reason that God has placed you on this earth. And if Jesus was able to do that, if Jesus was able to put it to the side, man, I'm willing to say, I, I lay my life down, God, and I pick up, not my will, but your be done because your plan is greater than my preference. I want to conclude this message by showing you a video to this song, and I re- I really believe that as we respond to God today, as we rest in His Word today, and as we relinquish our will and pick up His, we're going to see revival break in this place. Your attention to the
1: screen. legend ever. Uh, he's super talented and he has more than his talent, he has the softest spirit and um, that's why I love him. The song is about God as an artisan. It's about God as um, an artist working his masterpiece, a work of art that's called Love. And it began with creation and it goes through the whole story and it it was finished at the cross. And now it continues to be rebirthed and restored, in and through us here now. And the whole picture is response. If the stars are made to worship, so will I. You know, if if creation uh, bows before you, so will I. Um, If it all exists to praise you, so will I. And and the more we thought about it, like there was just like endless metaphors and pictures and things that came, kind of came back to this just this response and maybe nothing better than if you laid your life down. If you gladly chose surrender, so will I. Um, and if you left the grave behind you, so will I. A
0: hundred billion creatures catch you.
1: It was like every single moment um, we thought about what it means to be responsive to what God has done is like, it was like mind blowing. Like, hey, like God has done this and God has done that and he's done this. And then um, if you have, then so will I. And to me, that's everything. Like the entire story of why we're here, our purpose, um, what we need to do, how how to navigate all the craziness and what it means to just follow Jesus and to live for God. Um, for all we don't know and for all we do and for all we think we've got figured out and for all the questions we still have, ultimately what we need to do is live in response. Not to what we think God wants or what we think God wants here, but just in response to what He's done and what He said He's going to do, our mission, which is I see your heart 8 billion different ways And um, I just wanted to get eight billion in a song because I love that that's how many people roughly, approximately, are in the world right now. And every single one of them matters to God. The premise is simply that every single person on earth is made in His image it's a reflection of His heart. And we're so good and so quick at stereotyping and marginalizing and separating and drawing distinctions between people who we think God loves. You know, and it's just, it's not who God is. And we got to the end of the song and it was all done. And we actually finished recording the vocals. And um, I was like, I don't, the song shouldn't be called like a hundred billion times. Like it's, it's not about a number because even the biggest number that we could imagine is too small, infinitely small for the reality of what God's done and his just limitless wonders. For all the magnitude of God. Like, we can't put a number on him. You can't be limited by even the wildest numbers that we could have a billions to the hundredth power of the degree of the pi of numbers, decimal points going into infinity. Um, it kind of amount to who, who he is and his desire, and I, we just got talking about the fact that for all the magnitude of numbers and for all the magnitude of what God's done and the magnitude of the, the bigness and the just of God what He's doing, what makes God amazing is that He's personal, and you know I, I think about the fact it's so easy to get lost in the crowd in our churches, and in worship events. I look at a crowd of people and I'm sitting there thinking like, would we be doing this if it was just for one person? And I pray that we would. And I think that Jesus would have gone to that cross and He would have died if it was just for one person. And that one person is you. And it's also everybody else too. The last line to me, which was really uh, the last thing, kind of sums up the whole song and everything about God. That simply says, you would again a hundred billion times, everything you've done, you would do it again. If a number, or if a measure could amount to your desire, then it would be this, you're the one who never leaves the one behind. Like you would again a hundred billion times. The one you could amount to your desire You're the one who never leaves the one behind
0: If you're here today, I want to make this invitation For you to say, so will I temptation we will ever face is the temptation not to fulfill the reason that God placed us in this planet. So I'm going to ask you in this moment, if you can bow your heads, everyone, if you can just join us with bowing your heads and closing your eyes. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.